Renovations have inspired an entire reality TV industry. You can watch construction disasters, covet those new kitchen cabinets, or judge people's terrible taste in bathroom tiles. But for some in Canada's expensive real estate market, home improvements aren't a luxury. They're a necessary evil to get housing that fits their needs. And often, doing the work is a more affordable option than buying the perfect place. Welcome to Stress Test, a personal finance podcast for millennials and Gen Z. I'm Roma Luzio, personal finance editor at The Globe and Mail. And I'm Rob Carrick, personal finance columnist at The Globe. We're not here to talk about renovations as retail therapy or as a way to make cash by flipping houses. What we're interested in is renovations as a tool to get the home you want but can't otherwise afford. Roma done much renovating lately? Oh, have I ever. I have renovated over and over. We lived through the dust and dirt and chaos and noise and the expense. I mean, for my husband and I, it was cheaper to stay in the house we're in. We bought the house knowing we would have to renovate. We love our direct neighbors. They're like extended family. The kids are all growing up together. You know, it wasn't a perfect home and it never will be, but uh, it was the right decision for us. And it's something that I think people have to think really carefully about when they're looking to buy a place. One of the big benefits of renovating is that you sidestep the housing market. Now, I know the housing market is not as hot as it once was. There aren't many bidding wars anymore. You don't have to put in no condition offers, but it's still a lot cleaner and easier to do a renovation than to undertake this buying of a house. Also, a renovation debt could be quite a bit smaller than the mortgage on a bigger house. Our first guest needed to renovate the home he bought in order to afford the mortgage payments. That's up after the break. Uh, So my name is Tomas. I'm 35 years old. I currently reside in Victoria, having just moved here about a year ago. I used to run my own business that kept me really glued to Toronto uh, and to the office. We had been in downtown in a condo that we were uh, leasing that was great when we were younger but it just kind of grew out of our needs and we were um, looking to kind of expand when that lease was up we had this ability to work from anywhere and we were faced with this decision if we could work from anywhere and live anywhere why do we have to live here Tomas and his partner had saved for years, but they still couldn't afford a place in Toronto's red-hot market. At times, kind of, it felt like double dutch, like you're trying to jump into this mayhem and you're just not feeling ready to do so. And we were faced with just very few options for what we could afford, and it felt just uninspired. We just felt like there were no options that were good. We Not for lack of looking in Toronto, but it just felt like we were constantly settling. And one thing I'll say is when you're looking at your life savings, it's a weird scenario where you go from the richest you've ever been in your life, at least from from my perspective, the most money you've ever had, and you're about to then go the opposite and be in the most debt you've ever had. That's a big decision. And it's not one I think that people should take lightly. So they Marie condoed their life and traveled west. They fell in love with Victoria and started looking at real estate. Originally, they thought they'd buy a townhouse. Then they noticed people buying big houses with suites that they could rent out. You know, the the amount of cash that we would put towards our mortgage every month on a townhouse versus a larger house where you had a renter was essentially the same. 
And that really expanded our horizon. I don't think we could have afforded a place like this in Toronto, period, with or without a renter. And I don't think we could afford this place in Victoria without a renter. No, it's, it's, it's just, it, we'd be way over our own kind of personal stress test of how much we want to be paying. And no, I don't, I don't think we could, we could afford it. That meant they needed to renovate, and fast. Now, getting renos done on a quick timeline isn't easy, let alone on an island and during a pandemic. I don't know how much of this is fact or fiction, and it's probably a healthy combination of both, but there's a mentality here of shoulder shrug. We're on an island, and so everything is slower or in less supply or more expensive. And that's not fun in a renovation. So whatever supply chain shortages were happening at the time, that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, You'd go to get supplies and they'd be sold out as they fly off the shelves. We were at the tail end of that, but definitely more expensive materials costs, um, supply chain issues. But the number one source of our stress throughout this was the contractors. It was stressful because we bought the house quickly. Like, again, those are the tactics you need in that type of market. You need to quick close, very few or no conditions. And so now you have a tight close. So those mortgage payments are starting to run and you have that urgency to start subsidizing them. Well, you need contractors who can come quickly. And there's that triangle of you can have it good or have high quality or the way you want it. So you can have that part of the triangle. You can have it fast or you can have it cheap and you can choose two. And we already had one chosen somewhat for us, which is speed. And so we were trading off between expensive or what we perceived as good. We had maybe... Like several different you know trades that we needed. The two most expensive and most important for the job ended up being the most difficult to deal with and the sources of most of our stress. Before they were great, but during it started to ramp up. And well after the work was done, there was still stress there. And it's not the amount of work that they did either. It's coordinating all those pieces together. Some people would use a general contractor And so that person is kind of the the quarterback for all the various trades and they're supposedly accountable. And look, I think that there's probably great people out there, but are you going to find them? And and were we able to in a city where we didn't know people? No. They started the reno the day they got their keys. They worked with some excellent tradespeople, but others did drugs in their bathroom, didn't show up, or billed them for thousands of dollars above the estimate. Still, they managed to finish within a few weeks of their aggressive three-month timeline. But we were very scrappy. We had a good amount of help from a family member to do a lot of the in-between work. We did a ton, whatever we could ourselves. And it worked out in the sense that we had some vacation around that time. So we spent, you know, Christmas and New Year's painting um, to to make that happen. It was a small sacrifice, but it was definitely worth it in the end. I think, and look, I think if I'm sharing this story with others, it's, What do you have to trade at the moment? You're going to trade up on stress. You're going to trade on money. You're going to trade off on your time invested. Um, You're going to trade off on your your own well-being because there's an opportunity cost for your time. Work has to come first or family has to come first. So understand your situation. And for us, we were in a new city. We didn't have a lot. We didn't have any friends here at the time. So we had a lot more of that. Whatever time we weren't working, we could put towards that. We didn't have kids. And so we could put more time towards this project. 
I think that the other point I would say is yes, you're trading off on all those, but don't kid yourself in thinking that you can just pay someone. And because I'm paying them, I'm not, I'm not, I'm paying someone to have to deal with the headaches. I think that that's a foolish way to kind of approach it because ultimately they'll just take you for everything you got and you still won't be anywhere. There's a lower limit to how little you can reduce your stress, um, but there's also an upper limit as well. Tomas and his partner had a tight budget for their renos. They had about $10,000 in savings left over after the down payment, three credit cards, and two lines of credit. The original estimate for the project was forty dollars to $45,000. The final bill was pretty much on budget at 46000 I think, again, it's important to say that like that's not without great strain or stress. So the more hands-off you're going to be, the more you're going to end up spending. We were more hands-on. It was a full, it was another full-time job. It was a very stressful period. Having already not to mention moved across the country in a city where we don't really have go away from friends and family, but we would finish up work around, you know, six or whatever. Sometimes we'd have to work later. And then we would either like open up all the spreadsheets that we had going to figure out and try to get things uh, back on track, or we would change into our you know, painting clothes or wh- whatever the case may be to try and get that to work. So yes, it was on budget, but with the not without a healthy amount or maybe an unhealthy amount of extra effort. And there were definitely times when we sort of had our own breakdown, uh, myself and my partner, where we were just like, we laugh about it, but there were breakdowns because you just felt like we've been doing this for a year and yeah, we've made progress, but this isn't a life that I would want to live. Honestly, like no lie, like we were just like, we were just crying, like on opposite sides of the, we were painting and then like the paint sprayer exploded paint was literally everywhere. I don't know if you've ever used a paint sprayer, but it's like, it's now I've got it down to a science, but that thing pumps out so much paint and we had already redone it. This was redo number two. And we just think I like, I don't ever want to go back to that, but man, oh man, like I wouldn't, uh, yeah, see it, it, it was tough, but it's worth it now. Totally worth it. Especially when the rental income started coming in, that money covers about half of their monthly mortgage payments. But yeah, I'd say it's been worth it so far. We love it. We know that we're in a house that we couldn't afford in Toronto. Even for the same budget, it wouldn't be this size or have this many amenities or be in the location we wanted. And so we're, we're happy in that regard. But we did buy at the top of the market. So there was a good and a bad. The good was we got a great interest rate and knew to lock in at, at fixed. But we did pay quite a bit for the house. So I definitely think it's worth it to put the the basement suite in. It was a marathon. But I will say the feeling as those things notably leave is fantastic. The first check you get deposited into your bank account, it's the opposite of the, you know, the little engine that could, or maybe it's all in the same. Like you, you're starting to go up. You are still below surface level or you're still below zero but you're, the direction is changing, baby. We're moving on up. And that felt great. And it, you know, a couple months more go down and you stop spending as much because when you're rental, your, your credit card is just constantly being punished and you're moving dollars around and you're, you're looking, everything is really tight. But the moment you start moving in that direction where you start seeing supplemental income and now a year out where we've paid off the rental costs and you're just seeing how that helps you live this lifestyle, it is worth every single bit of it. And people might be discouraged because I don't want to share my property with someone else. 
part of that might be the nature of the property. Like if it's a really small space with the driveway in the front, like if there's no way to physically avoid them, but on most properties with good sort of design, you can avoid hearing the person, seeing the person. And so you really don't have to know that they're there, but you'll definitely see it on your bank account every month where there's those deposits going in. And so I, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that that's what we were aiming for right at the end. To cut back on spending and stress, Tomas recommends searching for used supplies online. He also thinks it's a good idea to bring in a contractor when you're house hunting, so you can get a sense of how much a reno will cost. Our next guest had a growing family and needed to renovate to stay in their home. My name's Warren. I live in Hamilton and I'm 35 years old. Warren and his wife Sarah, both teachers, moved to Hamilton about five years ago. Sarah saw house prices rising and jumped at the opportunity to buy a place in an up-and-coming neighborhood. I really wanted to live in Hamilton because I grew up in a city and I value uh, what a city offers to a a young family. Uh, We didn't have kids yet, uh, but we wanted to start laying some roots. And Hamilton was like the closest sort of look-alike to what I grew up in, but affordable. (laughs) Uh, th- when we bought the house, there was like a built in 1909. So it was a very old house. Uh, it looked kind of like it just had a lot of cosmetic work done that made it a little more livable, but probably uh, better to, to sell on the market. And so there's a lot of sort of funky uh, handyman work that you could see throughout the backyard had uh, the most obscenely large shed that I've ever seen that was uh, rotting through the roof. So there's a lot of uh, little bits and pieces that needed to be done and then some major things that were pretty good amount of work to, to do. We didn't know how much work we were going to put into it. Uh, it was going to be like a stepping stone uh, house uh, until, until uh, home prices soared and we got excited and then realized that all of the neighborhoods that we wanted to move to uh, also uh, skyrocketed. So, so, yeah. Then they found out Sarah was pregnant with twins. Uh, we knew that we wanted to do a major renovation when we were uh, trying to have kids. And we knew that it was going to be pretty important for, uh, especially my wife when she was home with them, to have a more comfortable living environment. So we knew we were going to invest in that. We had to actually like pull a financial move that we weren't sure was the best idea. But I think the more we kind of thought it through worked out. So we had, we refinanced uh, a bit early when interest rates were, were pretty attractive and that gave us the, the capital to, to do a bit of a bigger reno um, at, at a, a cheaper interest rate. They got a large line of credit based on the value of their home. They still weren't sure if Renos were the right choice or whether they should just move. What we would have conversations every other day about, well, maybe we should move or, well, we could make it work. You know, we, we landed in a neighborhood that uh, was on the up and up. And so we'd like fall in love with the neighborhood. We still aren't sure if the house is going to be big enough to, to be a long-term thing for us. Uh, we have an idea of, of sort of the life that we want to have and uh, getting more debt would be pretty tricky for that. So, so we're, 
recently we've decided that we'll kind of do that for 10 years and then likely try to get a bigger, bigger space when, when our twin boys become that twin teenage boys. <laughs> It'll be a little tight then. They planned a road trip for their last child-free summer. They thought the renos would be done by the time they got back. In perfect world, we were expecting it to be like four or five weeks uh, to do everything. The job didn't finish until, I mean, windows were super backlogged and that was a, a major thing that delayed a lot of work. Um, and our windows didn't get installed until like first week of November. Mm-hmm. So, so we were expecting to be done in August and uh, things had to get stretched way, way out because of um, all of the different supply chains stuff, uh, what have you, that was going on. Not only did the project take longer, but it cost double what they originally budgeted for. We hired the contractor to tear down some walls on our main floor to make our main floor open concept. Uh, and then that would include redoing the kitchen. We basically like gutted the whole main floor, except for walls that we didn't have to touch. And it was insulating, fixing floor joists that were cracked because of some poor handyman work that, that had been done, I don't know how long ago. The plumbing all got redone. All of the he- heating and like air conditioning and ventilation had to get done because it was the ductwork was all uh, mangled. And, and then in the middle of our trip away where we weren't expecting, we were only expecting to do the main floor, the contractor said the floor joists going up to your second floor are all like cracked. So it's uh, it's the reason why that the floors are kind of sagged on the second floor. So he was like, I can, I'm going to have to fix this. The concern is, is when I straighten out the ceiling and straighten out those floor joists, um, it might crack your bathtub and, and impact your second floor bathroom. It's like, we're already here. <laughs> it's, you know, we got all the tools, like it's going to, there's going to be no time that it's cheaper to actually do this second floor bathroom as well. Uh, which was a pretty compelling uh, pitch to us and that we knew that that bathroom was kind of a, a, a future endeavor. So we pulled the trigger on that. It was kind of a bad idea not to, you know, we went into it thinking it was going to be 50 K and it, and it got close to doubling that by the end, which, which was, a lot of money that we weren't kind of used to spending, but with, with the financing that we did, we felt comfortable that that was money we would get back down the road and, and it would create a lot of more comfort and joy for, for our twins that were on the way. Despite the renos being over time and over budget, Warren and Sarah were happy with how it played out. You know, our, our original budget felt like a lot of money, but we were like very committed to improving the house. Like we needed like certain walls were like drafty and there's so many things that didn't feel like uh, the house was ready for our kids to come. So it was definitely think there's like some emotional contribution to like knowing our, our twin babies were like coming around the corner and, and we wanted to make sure that they were coming into a house that where they would be spending most of the time uh, would be very comfortable in terms of like uh, heating and cooling there born in December. So we want, we were really worried about uh, being warm enough and the drafts and the different, the ventilation wasn't very good. So some rooms were really warm, some rooms were cold. So mentally we were 
kind of pretty prepared to do what it like what we had to. Uh, and thankfully, we had a contractor that we really trusted and not sort of embellishing things or, 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 or push like he wanted to do it high quality. And he he genuinely cared about not overspending, but spending smart. The trust that we had in the contractor, I think, went a long way. I think we just sort of knew that we just had like there's no turning back and we just mentally just accepted that and i think that like saved us from getting too worked up by by things not going perfectly the time was tough the time of it not being ready until like november was was challenging because that was getting closer and closer to our the due date the twins arrived in december Warren wouldn't advise making a big financial decision with babies on the way. We we couldn't pull away from the like the emotional impact of like us having kids uh, as being a major influence on it. So uh, I, I think there's like a rule of thumb to not like make large purchases that are like emotionally uh, <laughs> <laughs> impacted. So and I guess like that planning phase of just like finding the right people being pretty clear on what your expectations are and what you you know hope for it to look like and riding the wave a little bit and not micromanaging because that will just be like more stressful moments kind of mounting just kind of try to keep looking at the big picture after the break we'll talk renovation trends and affordability with an industry expert Shir McGann is the CEO of Homestars, a free online service where homeowners can review and find home improvement professionals. Homestars also conducts research on Canada's renovation market, which is still running hot. Based on what you see at Homestars, what are the most popular reasons why people are renovating their homes right now? And I'm thinking of renovations for pure livability rather than to beautify or to make a home look great. Absolutely. People are plain and simple staying in their homes longer. This is the name of the game these days. And so more time at home means more wear and tear. The top renovation reasons are essentially that they're doing their bathrooms, they're doing their basements, they're doing their kitchens. These are all the things that they need to do in order to enable their home to extend for their changing needs during this time. Housing is super expensive, even though prices have come down. And a lot of people must be wondering, can I afford to move up? Do you think it's cheaper to renovate a house rather than buy a new one? A lot of times it is. So the options really are for millennials these days. Either you go out there, you buy a fixer-upper and you renovate over time, or you stay in your home for another few years and you renovate it to, um, to suit your changing needs. And so these renovations are really excellent for people in this situation if they are going to stay in their homes for another one to three years because the renovations that they're going to likely need to do that basement that kitchen that bathroom are going to be ROI positive this means that the money they put into their renovation will actually they will get it back when they sell their home in a number of years and that's a really good thing so on one hand it gives you added functionality on the other hand it gives you added home price there's always a lot of talk about the renovations that add value to your house and the ones that are there kind of for your personal enjoyment. Um, I'd like to focus here on the ones that really add value to yours and add utility. Do, uh, do any particular rentals come to mind? 
Absolutely. We see a lot of people adding now rental income units. This means a basement. This is really, really helpful. Um, the other thing that we see is um, a lot of homes are getting converted to be intergenerational spaces. Instead of putting them in elderly care accommodations, they're bringing them into their home. So they're adding an extension, adding in a bedroom and a bathroom and a living space for their uh, added family members. And that way they're able to get more out of their homes. We're also seeing people adding in additional bathrooms, additional office spaces, all of these things to be able to get the the home to be a little bit more for our changing needs. We see these all the time. We're seeing pools getting added in. People are traveling less. So they're using their spaces to accommodate their leisure as well. One of the big uh, stories in the pandemic was how lots of people were renovating at a time when supply chain issues were pushing up the cost of raw materials and lumber really comes to mind. Um, How is the cost of rental materials tracking right now? Cost of materials is going down slightly. However, this is getting offset by the fact that labor is costing more. This is why we see discretionary projects fall off at this point in time. Another thing uh, that relates to the supply chain issues was I'm doing a renovation and I I need all these materials. I need lumber, I need ceramics, I need um, fittings and that sort of thing. And some of the stuff's in, but some of it isn't. And so my renovator is going off to other projects while we wait for uh, for various components to come in. Is that still an issue, just getting the things I need on time so that the reno can proceed expeditiously? Yes, it very much is. We see projects taking longer than ever. We also see as a result, um, a lot of contractors are actually planning their projects a longer while out. So right now, homeowners, if you need, if you want to be doing renovations in the spring, you've got to start those discussions today. There's a lot of things that your contractor will tell you, order your appliances today, finalize your design today so that they can navigate um, the sequence of availability of the materials and supplies. How are people paying for renovations? Some Canadians still have money on hand uh, or the ability to borrow from family and friends, but that is getting far and fewer between. Um, We see Canadians still going out and getting short-term loans and lines of credit. This Frankly, Rob, this makes me nervous. Um, the cost of money, as you know, is increasing dramatically. These short-term loans, you know, are north of 10% interest these days, and that adds dramatic uh, financial pressure. My wife and I have done a few rentals over the years, and uh, there are always complications that arise. Um, I'm wondering, in today's world, what are some of the common renovation problems that people are experiencing? The biggest problem that we see right now is availability of materials. You've touched on this earlier. Homeowners need to work very well with their contractors to be able to schedule these things in advance. But we've already talked about that. The other issues that we find, unfortunately, is homeowners not checking up on their pros in advance of their project. This means that they are hiring pros that don't have strong reputation, that may run off with a deposit, that may not get the job done right the first time. Unfortunately, this happens a lot, Rob. And we really, really urge Canadians to go and make sure that they hire properly. Make sure that your pro has had background check, financial check. Look for that verified badge uh, on Homestars or on sites like ours in order to ensure that the job will get done the first time. What are your top money-saving tips for people who are planning a renovation? The biggest tip I have for homeowners in saving um, on their renovations is to understand what the use is. 
How long do you intend to stay in your house? If homeowners answer this one simple question, it will simplify their decision-making for the duration of the renovation. For example, if you're doing a kitchen renovation to give your family another one to three years in your home, that's going to drive different decisions. That means you're not going to go for that custom cabinet. You're not going to go for those high-end finishes. This is the most important thing for homeowners to do. As opposed to if, you're, if you've just bought a fixer-upper, you're going to do that kitchen renovation with longevity in mind. You're going to focus on quality. You'll focus on the higher-end framing. You'll focus on a higher-end uh, countertop. Make sure you answer the question, how long do you intend to stay there? Even though reno costs have never been higher, many homeowners are still forging ahead with them to get the home they want and need. My only hope is that they can afford it. Rob, what are your takeaways from today's conversations? One, the ideal way to pay for renos is through savings, but a home equity line of credit is fine as long as you set a deadline of 12 to 24 months for full repayment. After recent interest rate hikes, HELOCs are a lot more expensive than they used to be. Two, expect cost overruns even for simple, practical renos. You know the drill. Your contractor comes to you and says, what idiot installed this wiring, plumbing, flooring, etc.? We need to replace it all. Three, be ready to compromise with your plans and materials. The best of everything will leave you in debt for an extended period. Thank you for listening to Stress Test. This show was produced by Kyle Fulton, Emily Jackson, and Zara Kozema. Our executive producer is Kieran Rana. Thanks to Tomas, Warren, and Sheer for joining us. You can find Stress Tests wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rate on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Next up on Stress Test, we talk about getting paid. Inflation has pushed up the cost of just about everything and pressured some companies to increase salaries. But the economy is shaky, and it's an industry-specific story. We'll discuss the best strategies for negotiating more money. Until then, find us at theglobalmail.com. Thanks for listening.